Are you ready to uncover your retirement solution? Learn more as Jeremy Kyle and his guests guide you along the path of retirement and reveal the five steps you need to take to solve your retirement puzzle. Now, on to the show. Hello and welcome to Retirement Revealed with Jeremy Kyle. Good morning, Jeremy. How are you? Doing good, Eric. How are you doing? Doing fantastic. I, uh, I know that you've got a special guest in studio, and that is John Kurtz. Why did you bring you John to the it. show today? Uh, absolutely. So yeah, John works with us. He's one of our financial advisors here at the Kyle Financial Partners. So uh, yeah, John, why don't you say hi and tell us a little bit about uh, about your background and what you do with us. Sure, absolutely. Yeah, I'm John Kurtz. Been with Jeremy for uh, just over three years now. A little bit of background on me is, so right out of college, I actually uh, took a job at a, a place called International Sports Management, where we uh, specialized in selling hospitality packages for major sporting events, things like the Masters, Super Bowl, Final Four, uh, you name it, we were selling it. So uh, making about 150 calls a day, really knew that wasn't what I wanted to do at all. Just had to stick it out till I got an opportunity and finally got connected to an advisor through a friend who uh, had a firm that primarily dealt with just investments and started working for him and uh, got out, was there for about two years before joining Jeremy. And, and yeah, so that's a little bit of my background and how I got into the business at least. Yeah. And that's why we brought you on is the, the podcast today. The goal is we're, we're talking about the difference between working with an investment salesman versus a financial planner. And of course, on our website, we've got, just give it here right now, kylefp.com. On the top right, if you click resources, we have a guidebook called three things you should know before choosing a financial advisor. And part of that is talking about just the difference of you might meet someone who calls himself an advisor who's an investment sales person, or they might actually be a financial planner, someone that's kind of a more of a consultant for you here. So you thought, what better way to talk about the difference between working with an investment salesman versus working with a financial planner than somebody that actually worked for an investment salesman, uh, John here. Later on, he's decided this isn't for me, started looking around and start and came to, uh, to our firm about three years ago. So why don't, you, why don't you talk a little bit, John, about uh, what life was like? What was your day-to-day -day in the investment sales office? We'll just call it that right now. So first, first you would, you'd get into the office, and the first thing we did is we had this big board, this huge TV that had all of our stocks on it, all the stocks we were looking at investing in, and all the stocks that all our clients held. So that was the big thing was get that board going, get all the TVs turned on to all the Fox News, MSNBC, anything investment-related. Okay. After that, we would start prepping meetings for the day. And a lot of that had to do with where does this client have money that we can maybe move around to make a commission? Because I mean, that's when you're in the investment world, the only way you make money is through a commission. Now, that's not to say we're not working incredibly hard for our clients and, and still making good decisions. But your judgment can sometimes be a little flawed in that you're not going to make money unless you're making a sale. So a lot of times, each day we would we'd print off a, what we call the money list, which listed all our clients and all of their accounts and how much cash available they had. Okay, so then we would look at that and say, hey, well, we have maybe a product that might fit this person. Here's some stocks that we're high on. Maybe we should we should buy into that portfolio or into that stock rather. Or, you know, maybe this annuity is appropriate for this person, an alternative investment. It was really, really focused on finding opportunities to make sales as opposed to 
finding opportunities to save money maybe on taxes or making a pension decision, stuff like that. It's it's more focused on there's these clients have cash. Where can we get it to work so that it can work for us too? So pretty much the day-to-day was... Sounds yeah, a, go ahead. Well, it sounds a lot more like the, uh, the Wall Street type stuff you see in the That's movies. That's what it exactly was. I mean, you have days where, you know, you have wholesalers coming in, taking you out to lunch, bringing you company swag, golf balls... Um, taking you out golfing, doing things like that just so that you sell their product. So a lot of it was a lot of them selling us to sell to our clients. So, Yeah, I suppose if the focus is on selling products, the people that create those products are trying to sell the salesperson on, hey, why don't you use us instead of the next guy? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, they these guys would call you constantly. There was never a meeting they wouldn't take. And they're good guys. I'm not going to say they're bad guys at all. They're doing a job that it fits in certain molds in certain uh, situations. But for us, it was it was it was almost an everyday thing where we had a different wholesaler coming in with a new product, because, uh, like I said, when you're when you're trying to make commissions and make sales, you're always looking for the newest uh, product that you can put in front of your clients. Because at some point, when you just have the same thing, you know you can't just keep buying the same thing for for all the clients you have. Mm-hmm. Well, and they're bringing you, what, uh, fancy golf balls, fancy dinners, that oh, kind yeah. of stuff? Pro V1s, you know, steak dinners, uh, nice lunches. Uh, we kind of had a rule where it was uh, no wholesalers unless we're doing after-work drinks or lunch, mm-hmm. you know. It, so It definitely does sound like the movies. <laughs> Probably. It is. It's, it's literally like the movies. Yeah. It, it really felt like that. It's, it's a completely different world. Well, that sounds like a little bit of fun. That's all right. No, it's definitely fun. Don't get me wrong. It was definitely fun, but very stressful. Sure. We were also getting into a lot of, you know, when you're in a, an investment firm like that, you're finding different unique ways to invest. So you're looking at things like options and alternative investments. So it's always interesting and it's definitely fun, but there's a lot of stress that comes with those kind of products. Mm-hmm. When at some point you said, I, I don't want to uh, work that way anymore. You started looking for a different, different type of firm. What, what was that like? What caused you to maybe... Uh, start looking differently and what type of firm how are you looking to find those those places yeah so I, I learned a little bit about financial planning from one of my colleagues and and something that he he had done in the past and it just felt like a much more I don't know how to put this um, satisfying job a lot more got a lot more out of it and so I started looking around and came across uh, an ad Jeremy was looking for somebody and I uh I called, he started talking to me and it just felt perfect. The The way he was looking to do work with clients was just kind of the way that I was looking to, to move forward in my career in more of a planning um, atmosphere than just, you know, day to day, the same thing, selling investments and not really looking at the full financial picture. It just felt unsatisfying to me. Mm-hmm. So what would you say your day to day focus is on right now? You gave us a little picture of day-to-day in the investment sales world, what's what's day-to-day look like and we'll call it the planning world right now? Right, so the opportunities in the planning world are much different than in the investment world in the sense that we get great satisfaction when we look at somebody's tax return or we look at um, somebody's pension options or 401k options or their investment portfolios and we're able to find opportunities to save them money over the long haul it's, it's just much more satisfying. So day to day, what I'm doing here is when we're prepping for our meetings, it's not just 
let's see how much money they have and where we want to maneuver it. It's, okay, this is what we did last year. This is part of the plan. Where can we help them save in the future and make sure that they have a successful retirement and really reach their financial goals in a much wider scope than just the investments? So, um, it's, it's a lot more satisfying. Well, it sounds like it's more we're talking with clients about their decision-making as opposed to talking to them about you know this investment versus that investment. And you never know until years down the road which investment ends up being better. Right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and that's exactly it. Like one thing that, that I know that we've talked about, Jeremy, is, is that I was taught sales out of college immediately. So sales was my first, uh, my first teaching experience and in, in not how to work with clients. And that's what we do here. We work with clients as opposed to just showing clients where they can invest. It's, it's much different yeah. and it's, it's much more, I keep saying satisfying, but that's just how it feels. Sure. Well, I got to apologize. Cause I think you got to buy your own golf balls. now. we haven't seen too many wholesalers come around <laughs> yeah. dropping off uh, yeah. the fancy ones. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I mean, that's why I've switched to top flight. Exactly. There you go. That's great. Well, you've got a couple of friends that are also in the financial world. I've got some friends that are in the financial world. It's just so odd. A lot of people, if you are a client of an advisor or you're trying to find a financial advisor, a lot of people don't realize there's different types of financial advisors out there. There's uh, people who are more like a stock broker, more like the, the movies kind of investment sales that you were talking about a little bit uh, ago. There's people that work for uh, banks. So you're a advisor inside of a bank. There's people that work for what's called a captive company. So you work for a specific company and you're, they call it captive because you work for that one specific company. And there's different types of advisors that are maybe more uh, independent or maybe have connections to uh, different companies, but they can look at the entire scope of investments and financial possibilities that are out there. It's just unfortunate. It's so hard. How do you figure out what type of advisor uh, is right for you. Uh, well, that's why we wrote that that guidebook, the three things you should know before choosing a financial advisor. We'll make sure that that uh, guidebook's in the podcast in the show notes there. Hopefully that'll help out uh, some people. But John, maybe could you describe a little bit about how it works for some of your friends in the bank channel? What are they What are they looking at? Kind of what, what are the differences that you see between how you go about business and maybe how some of these uh, other folks, some of your friends that are in the bank channels, especially the their advisor in the bank area, how does that work for them? Sure. So um, a lot of my friends that are in the industry are in the bank channel and they get all of their clients through uh, referrals from tellers, essentially, and maybe some word of mouth, but primarily from foot traffic in each of the branches. So what what they do a little bit differently than us is is they'll tell um, their clients that they, they're going to do the planning and and really dive in deep, but a lot of it has more to do with 401k rollovers, maybe some annuities. It's a lot more product selling still as opposed to the full financial planning. They uh, they probably do use some sort of financial planning software just so they have like maybe a printout that they can give to their clients. But a lot of the relationships that they have are due to maybe somebody has been banking with um, one of the banks for 30, 40 years and now they have a rollover and it's just natural that they go to them. So it's 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 um, a much easier selling process in the sense that those clients feel comfortable with the bank. So they feel like, well, if they've got an advisor here, they, they know what they're doing and they're going to put me on the right path. It's it's a lot it's a lot different than than the way we do it, where we'll 
actually sit down with someone and spend two, three meetings just getting to know them, gathering all their data, finding out, you know, what retirement looks like for them and how we can make it fit before we actually implement a plan as as opposed to maybe at a, at a bank channel where they have certain portfolios that might fit the person's risk tolerance, but really doesn't have a long-term goal in sight. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's kind of word to the wise. Uh, if you're out there trying to decide who's a good financial advisor, who should I be working with, don't just assume that your your buddy's advisor or your cousin who's an advisor or the person you see at the bank you know, once a week when you, you go there is automatically a good advisor. You need to go through. It's unfortunate in a way that there's not really some good ways to figure out who's a good advisor, who's a bad advisor. You need to kind of grill them a little bit. Uh, what's your experience? What do you focus on? What are you doing to improve upon and learn things uh, over time uh, on there, which is a, a good thing. And it's unfortunate too. Sometimes people walk into our office and we love it when they do this. They walk into our office with maybe 10 questions uh, printed off and they'll ask the first one and we'll answer it and they'll kind of look through the rest of them and, and just fold it up and say, well, that, that sounds good. No, you, you came here for a reason. You had a lot of questions. Let's go through them. These questions are important. And if you're looking at us, you're looking at other uh, people, you should be asking all these questions of all these different advisors that you're you're meeting with. So it's it's, it's good and bad, but you, you got to put a little bit of a effort in a way to find who that good advisor is uh, going to be for you. I've got a friend too in the that captive channel, so it's kind of like the bank channel uh, somewhat in a way. And what's interesting about uh, her situation is that we were encouraging her to get that CFP designation. That's something that you got. We encourage you to get. John, when you started working with us, and her manager was actively discouraging her, saying every minute you spend on learning these 72 different areas that the CFP, the Certified Financial Planner uh, Certificate, where they're trying to get you to learn more about those areas, every minute you spend on that is one minute less. You can't be out there pounding the pavement and doing sales. So it's just an interesting kind of difference in the the mindset on there. Well, uh, you talked a bit. Yeah, I mean, I would, and, and just to jump in there, I would never discourage someone from getting the CFP. Uh, it's it's such It's been such an advantage to me as far as being able to tackle almost any question a client asks me. Having to memorize, or not memorize, I should say, understand 72 different topic areas has has really put, put me in the driver's seat as far as knowing what a client is looking for and being able to answer any question that they put ahead of me. So I, I think that what Jeremy's saying is is so dead on that we shouldn't we shouldn't be discouraging people from getting continuing education just because it, it might be wasteful in them spending time on doing it as opposed to spending time on getting sales. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, you talked about that too. A lot of times you just get that minimum license. The, mm-hmm. the company, whoever it is, puts you into that sales role right away. Tell me a little bit about your career progression. What was it like to, to kind of move through the ranks in a way through us with our with our firm? Sure. So I'd say I got hired in, what was that, August of 17. And by September of 17, I was getting ready to order my first CFP book. It was incredibly important to Jeremy that our advisors have that that knowledge of those 72 topic areas for this uh, certified financial planner. And so I pretty much started it right away because when I got here, I told him I want to be an advisor. And that's kind of my goal. And he said, well, if that's what you want, you're going to have to get this. So after 
after two hard years, I finally got it back in, in uh, November um, with, after about a thousand hours of studying and, and really losing a lot of weekends and a lot of time with friends. But you know what, it's, it's totally worth it in the long run. But during those two years, what really, <clears throat> excuse me, what we really did was um, I started out doing a lot of the more client um, relationship stuff, a lot of the service work, talking to people on the phone, getting applications out to people, sitting in on meetings, doing a lot of meeting prep. And in doing that, I really learned a lot about Jeremy's philosophy, um, being able to sit in those meetings and, and seeing how he worked and spending those two years studying for the CFP while working in this environment really helped me to to, to learn the way Jeremy does business and how to apply my CFP learning to actual real life situations. So over the two years, I, I just progressively got a little bit more responsibility, started taking over some uh, accounts closer to the beginning of last year where, you know, maybe I was doing a little bit of the investment advice meetings, but not necessarily the full financial planning meetings. And, and now that I've got my CFP, I've really, really started doing full financial planning meetings and am getting much, much more comfortable each and every time. Well, it's been fun because you got to watch me do the financial planning, then I got to watch you do it, and now you're doing it uh, wholly on your own because you've, you've gone through, you yeah. took the time, like you said, 1,000 hours of studying for the CFP, not saying that every certified financial planner out there is top-notch or that there aren't people that are top notch without that, but that's kind of a guidepost of if you took the time to spend a thousand hours plus learning 72 different areas of financial knowledge, it's kind of a sign that you're committed to learning, to growing, to looking for the best things for your, your clients uh, on there. Last question for you here, I think, before I see if uh, Eric's got anything. We, I took over from you, Eric. Sorry about that. <laughs> that's yeah, okay. well, I, I learned from the best, right? <laughs> it's, it's good. Yeah. Okay. Well, uh, so you talked about the CFP, John, but what's next for your continuing education? What, what, what's the next thing? So, yeah, so the retirement management advisor is going to be uh, my next designation that we go for. It is uh, solely focused on the retirement planning portion of the, you know, the financial world. And it's, it's one of the topics in the CFP, but it's only one of six. So being that we're a retirement planning firm, I feel like it's really important to really be able to um, maximize my knowledge in that area. So I think that that's going to be the next step. Another designation I'd look for in the future possibly is called the SEMA, which is the Certified Investment Management Analysis, which really um, is more of an in-depth dive into portfolio construction, risk reward, behavioral finance, stuff like that. Yeah, that's an, another thing a lot of folks don't realize is that the CFP is great, but it is very broad. So that gives you a great intro. I think it's you know kind of like getting your bachelor's degree. It's not a bachelor's degree, but it's, it's kind of like your first step to saying you're, you've shown some signs that you're qualified as a planner. But there's just so many different areas out there. There's extra places where you can go to get that financial education. So if you're out there trying to find someone that's uh, just need an investment manager, you might want to look for that CIMA, the Certified Investment Management Analyst, or the CFA, the Chartered Financial Analyst, that's out there. Uh, we just had a question in a week or two ago uh, about some divorce financial planning. That, that stuff is an area that we just don't have an expertise in. So we found uh, a group, and we refer them to there, where three advisors, they all have their CDFA, Certified Divorce Financial Analyst, and said, look, you're going to do a lot better job 
uh, over there uh, with those folks. So if you're trying to solve a particular problem uh, and looking for an advisor, we think CFP is a great place to start, but maybe even look beyond that. Say if I need a retirement planner, there's a few retirement planning designations. If I need solely an investment manager, there's a few investment management uh, designations. There's all kinds of different specialties that people have. And I, that's one way to look for a good advisor is to try to find the person that specializes uh, in the area that you need the, the focus on. Awesome. Well, John, it's been fun having you on here. I don't, I don't want to steal the show entirely from you, Eric. What, do you, what, uh, what questions might you have? What, what, what got brought up that uh, you have uh, questions on for John? I really just have a two-part question for John. Uh, John, number one, have you ever played golf with Jeremy? And then number two, who's better? I That's have played one. a couple times, and and I would say I'm I'm better. I would say. <laughs> I <laughs> Again, I, he he's a newer golfer, though. I'd say he probably only started what five years ago, maybe. Yeah, I started and then probably promptly quit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I will make yeah. you a deal, Jeremy and John. If we ever go golfing together. Jeremy, I will make you look amazing. Excellent. Thank you, Eric. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a terrible golfer. So, no, it, it, it sounds like you're a really good fit there with Jeremy and his team, John. Thank you so much for spending time with us today. And, Jeremy, you did a great job. You can, you can run the show from now on. I, that's totally fine. <laughs> <laughs> that's all right. That's good. We love having you on, Eric. It helps out. Keeps me focused. All right. All right. Sounds good to me. John, again, thank you so much for your time today. Thank you. You bet. And the last thank you goes to you, the listening audience. Thank you so much for tuning in and listening to the Retirement Revealed podcast with Jeremy Kyle. If you have not subscribed to the podcast yet, please click the subscribe now button below. This way, when Jeremy comes out with a new podcast, it'll show up directly on your listening device. This makes it much easier to share these podcasts with your friends and family. Again, thank you so much for listening today. For everyone at Kyle Financial Partners, this is Eric Johnson reminding you to live your best day every day. And we'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to the Retirement Revealed podcast. Click on the subscribe button below to be notified when new episodes become available. Visit retirement-revealed.com to learn more. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of Kyle Financial Partners. Kyle Financial Partners does not provide legal, accounting, or tax advice. Consult your attorney or tax professional. Representatives have general knowledge of the Social Security tenants. For complete details on your situation, contact the Social Security Administration. Kyle Financial Partners is a part of the Thrivent Advisor Network, a registered investment advisor. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional investing advice. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial service provider with any questions you may have regarding your investment planning.